0: Well, I wanna welcome you to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant here on WCF Radio, Los Angeles and all around the world. We are so excited that you joined today's program where I'm gonna talk about a very important subject matter that everybody needs to know. How do you get right with God? A lot of people think they're right with God. Are you right with God? What if the Lord were to come back today? Would you be on your way to heaven? Well, a lot of people have this question. They're not sure. And so I want to make sure that you're sure. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, how to get right with God. If you need to get right with God, if you want to get right with God, this is the information you'll need. So stay tuned. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Here we go. All right, everybody, want to welcome you to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant here on WCF Radio. We're so thankful that you tuned in, and we are indeed going to talk about how to get right with God. Now, as a preacher, of course, this is something I talk about on a pretty regular basis, but it's actually surprising to me how many people I meet and find that aren't sure, aren't sure if they're right with God. They want to make sure they're right with God, and so I'm going to read a little bit here, and then we're going to get into this, and I want to make sure that by the end of today's broadcast, you know that you are right with God, how to get right with Him if you're not, and how to share with others how to get right with God, because it's, it's the basic, it's like Christianity 101. And yet I think there's a lot of people that think they're serving God that actually aren't really serving him. And that's very important because there's actually a scripture that says, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. We don't ever want to be an I never knew you. We want to make sure we're doing what God actually said. But see, there's a lot of people out there saying all these different things. And a lot of times they don't tell you how to get right with God. So you you think you're a Christian or you kind of are flirting with Christianity or you know, you think the message of Christianity is good, and so it, it is appealing to you. You want to learn more about it, but then, you know, you haven't really studied that much. You haven't read the Bible that much. You haven't really gone to church that much, and you just aren't sure. And so let me read this, okay? So in order to get right with God, we first got to understand what's wrong. I'm going to give the answer to that. It's sin. Uh, in Psalm 14:3, it says this, there is no one who does good, not even one. Well, the only one that has done good is, of course, the Savior, Jesus Christ. He is a sinless being. He came fully God and fully man, and he died on the cross for our sins. But this is referring to humanity. There's no one in humanity that is good, not even one. We've rebelled against God. We've rebelled against his commands, and we are like sheep who have gone astray, according to Isaiah 53.3. We're like sheep that have gone astray. Now, the bad news is the penalty of sin is death. In fact, it says this in Ezekiel 18.4, it says the soul who sins is the one who will die. Well, who sins? All of us sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to scripture. Now, the good news is that we have a loving God and he's pursued us in order to bring us salvation. Jesus declared that his purpose was to seek and save the lost, that's Luke 19:10 to seek and save the lost and he pronounced his purpose is accomplished because he died on the cross with the words it is finished he accomplished his purpose thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah john 19:30 it is finished it is done having a right relationship with god begins with acknowledging your sin we've got to acknowledge it we're sinners in need of a savior I've done things in my life that I am ashamed of, I'm embarrassed of, uh, I wish I wouldn't have done. I made bad choices, especially when I was in my younger years, like my late teens and my early 20s. Made some bad choices. I wish I could go back and change some of those things, but we can't. All we can do is move forward. I share that with you very transparently because you have also done the same. Maybe not to the extent that I did, maybe worse. But the bottom line is you've done things in your life that are wrong, that are sin. In fact, I would even argue you probably sin today. I probably sin today. So sin is, is a disease, it is a plague. And having a right, right relationship with God begins that we gotta acknowledge we're sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Next comes a humble confession of our sin to God. There's a scripture in Romans 10.10, 10, it says this, Romans 10.10, 10, it says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That's why when I do an altar call, when I ask people to raise their hand at the end of service, almost every service I do this because I think it's the most important thing. It's kind of what we're winding up for. We want to make sure that everybody in that audience and everybody that listens to it is saved. And, you know, the Spirit of God is moving. And during the altar call, this is a time when many people get saved and uh, or before that time, you know, when when we ask people, hey, you know, bow your heads, close your eyes. You know, if, if anybody in here is unsure if they're going to heaven, We want to make sure today, you know, and then I say, if anybody's in here, lift your hand. A lot of people are nervous. A lot of people don't want to do it. They think they're going to get called out. They think I'm going to embarrass them. They have to join some club. It's not like that. The reason why we ask for you to raise your hand at the end of a service is because this is the opportunity for you to to take the same opportunity that I've taken and that most people in the room have taken. And that is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. But the believing in your heart is very important. We've got to actually believe it. we got to believe that Jesus did die on the cross for our sins. we got to believe that he was raised again on the third day, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father, and that he literally did that. He atoned for our sin on the cross of Calvary. We've got to believe that. If we don't believe that, then it's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. Because it says, you know, confess with your mouth, but you got to believe in your heart. And when you do that, then you want to turn from your sin. So, Uh, you know, the repentance of sin, it must be accomplished by faith. What does that mean? Well, specifically faith in Jesus and his sacrificial death and miraculous uh, resurrection, that's what qualifies him to be your savior. So if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will in fact be saved. That's what the scripture says. Now that's just what I call point zero 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 one. That's the beginning the infant stages of your lifelong walk with Christ. You can't go back in your muck and mire. You can't go back into the sin. Doesn't mean you're not going to sin, but you're going to get rid of, you're going to make a change. You're going to make a life change. You're going to make a heart change. It says, you know, basically, you know, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That's what scripture says, that our our mind is going to be renewed. And that's done Through the spirit of God. That's the the, the Lord renews our mind. He gives us the strength. He gives us the the tenacity. He gives us the stick to it but we have to call upon his name. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's, you know, let me read this again for it's with your heart that you believe and it's justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So you got to believe in your heart and that's where it's justified. Then comes the repentance. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. Uh, Romans 10, nine, if you want to find that in the scripture. Many other passages speak of the necessity of faith, such as John 20, 27, Acts 16, 31, Galatians 2, 16, and many more. So being right with God is a matter of your response to what God has done on your behalf. What do I mean by that? Well, look, God sent his son. His son atoned for your sins. Many of you that are listening to this know this. You actually believe this, but your life has not changed. you It's too hard for you, you feel, to give up certain things. You don't want to give up sex before marriage. You're having sex with your girlfriend. You're having sex with your boyfriend. You don't want to give up uh, you know, marijuana. You don't want to give up cocaine. You don't want to give up partying. You don't want to give up clubbing. You just don't want to give up these things because you just say, they're too fun, Pastor Todd. I just don't want to, I'm too young for that. But let me just tell you something. I understand that. and I'm not trying to instill fear in you. But you know how many people that in the midst of all that, when I was your age, if you're young and you're partying, or if you're old and you're partying, you, I know some people that hit in the club at 45. You know, I'll just be honest. Some of my old friends from my school are still hitting the club. It's crazy. They never quite got out of that 20-year-old experience. They just continued and continued. That became their lifestyle. So people don't want to give this up. They don't want to give up going to the bar and getting drunk even though the scripture says, do not be drunk, be sober-minded. So whatever the idol is, whatever the thing is uh, that people don't want to give up, they will oftentimes allow this thing to basically cause them not to give their whole heart to God. And they walk in a lukewarm status, like a form of godliness. And the scripture says a form of godliness, no, it's not going to work. You know, a little leaven is the whole lump. Lukewarm is spit out, according to the scripture. So... You know, God wants the people that are all in. Again, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we're willing to lay down these things. Look, there were some things I didn't want to give up. Let's Can I just be honest with you? I don't want to give up smoking weed. I didn't want to give up uh, certain things that I was doing in my early 20s when I accepted Jesus. I didn't want to. I, I, I actually had a pretty good life, by the way, even though I ended up getting stabbed nine times, one in the heart, which that was kind of a deal sealer for me. But the thing is, is that even before that, when I had accepted Jesus for the two-year period before I got stabbed, I did that because I honestly wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to follow the Lord. But I, I, I didn't have a lot of instruction. I didn't have, have a lot of information. I didn't have a lot of people sharing with me and discipling me. Thank God there was this one gentleman that really took interest in me and discipled me. But there wasn't a lot of people. And I, I have to imagine that's the case with a lot of you, is that you want to serve God, but you haven't really had people pour into you. You haven't really had people disciple you. That's got to change. I do believe there are people out there that are willing to do that, but sometimes we have to really seek for them. But the key is when I accepted the Lord, I was living with my girlfriend. I was in sin. Uh, You know, I was partying. I was doing drugs. I was drinking alcohol. I wasn't doing like crazy drugs, but I was doing drugs uh, because that's what you do in Southern California when you're in Hollywood. You know, I mean, that was like the thing to do. And, you know, am I ashamed of that now? I I wish I hadn't have done it, but I think it kind of helped me to get to where I am today so that I can relate and kind of share my story with some of you. Um, But, you know, some of you didn't have that experience. Maybe you never actually were in the world. Maybe you lived your life as a Christian all through middle school and high school and college, and you're still a Christian today. And I I say, praise God. But here's what I would say, whether you gave your heart to the Lord later in life or midway through life or in your teens or your 20s, or you've been a Christian your whole life, no matter where you are, you got to make sure you have an encounter with God. Because that's what God wants of us. He wants us to to hunger and thirst for righteousness. He wants us to be willing to lay down the things of our past, to lay down the evil, to lay down the bad things that we've done in our life. doesn't mean we're going to be sinless, but it means that our heart's in the right place and we're repentant. And just like King David, God called him a man after his own heart. God wants us to be good repenters. Very important. So repentance must be occupied by faith, specifically faith that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then was raised again. We confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart. Jesus is Lord. And then we start moving, you know, towards the, you know, everything that the Lord tells us to do in the scripture. Um, You know, being right with God is a matter of our response to what God did on our behalf. He sent a savior, you know, Jesus Christ. He provided the sacrifice to take away our sin. He offers you and I the promise uh, and found in Acts chapter two, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. I don't care what you've done. You've had five abortions. You know, maybe you're an ex murderer. Maybe you murdered somebody, but you know, you got out somehow in California, that's actually pretty likely that you might get out. So maybe that's you listen, uh, what you did was awful. It was horrible and you got to repent. But if you repented, even if you're a murderer, because guess what? King David was basically a murderer if you repent and you turn, God will give you a second chance. God will, I mean, it doesn't matter what you've done. I want to be very clear. You know, the only unforgivable sin is the blasphemy of the Holy spirit. But the bottom line is God's going to forgive whatever you've done. You've, you've, you've molested somebody. I mean, look, there's some people that are pretty awful people that listen to the show, but you know what? God loves you. And I, you know, what you need to do is you need to repent. There's some amazing people listen to this show that, you know, you you serve the Lord with all your heart. Praise God. I mean, this is on the radio. There's th- thousands, if not millions of people that can hear this broadcast right now. And there's there's people that have done all different types of things. But here's the blanket statement that I will say about the worst of the worst or the best of the best or everybody listening to this. Everyone on here is a sinner and everyone is in need of a savior. And if you've had an addiction problem or you've had a, a meth problem, or if you've had an opioid problem, or if you've had you know fentanyl problem, whatever it is that you've done, Molly's ecstasy. Look, you maybe you're just tuning in somehow and you don't even know how you got here. And here's this preacher on the radio. I'm here to tell you God loves you. This is the answer for your life. This is the solution for your life. This is the reality. God is real. There's a God. And he loves you. And he sent his son who died on the cross for you. And nothing that you've done, listen to me, nothing that you've done is too big for God not to forgive. God will forgive it, but you got to repent. What does repent means? It means saying, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to turn from that. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to speak some Christianese language to you right now. I'm going to be real and hardcore right now. Okay, look, I was a messed up dude. I was messed up in the world. I shouldn't be a preacher but you know what God said otherwise. He gave me a second chance in life and that was like 25 plus years ago. And now I have a, a family. And you know what? He's restored my body and you know from being stabbed and from doing drugs and from partying and abusing myself, he's restored my body. He's healed me. He's he's forgiven my sin. Now again, I'm not perfect and I'm not better than you. But I have been in Christ for a while and I will tell you he's done miraculous, tremendous things in my life. And that's why I share what I do. That's why I'm on, why why am I doing this? Look, today's been an extensive day. I'll just tell you, I've been on several interviews and several podcasts and it's a busy day. And some days I just kind of want to rest, but you know, why don't I, why am I going 50 miles an hour and I'm not trying to get so many accolades or pats on the back. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is the reason is because I'm fired up because I know there's people on here right now that say, I'm just looking for somebody who's real. I just want to know the truth. And the truth is, is that there's a God and he sent his son and his son died on the cross for you. And he's going to, I'm telling you, if you accept him in your heart today and you turn from what, aren't you tired of feeling the way that you do guilty, knowing, knowing, knowing that you're not doing the right thing. Why is it that there's so many people that know there's a God, you even believe in God. You say, well, I don't want to give up that, that you know, the alcohol that I drink every, every night or every weekend, or I don't want to stop getting drunk, or I don't want, you know, it's my out. It's like my one way that I can alleviate my stress. It's like the one thing. I don't want to give that up. Not yet. I'm too young. Or I just don't want to give it up. Or, you know, I like watching, you know, bad movies. I like looking at pornography. I don't want to give that up, pastor. Look, I get it, okay? I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write it. If I wrote it, it'd probably be a little bit different. I'm just going to be real. I didn't write it. But here's the thing. God wants you to be set up for success. And he knows the things that are going to mess you up in this world. And he knows what's going to set you up for success in this world. But here's the other part. It's not just for this world. It's for eternity. I mean, have you ever seen like the little eight thing that's like the infinity It just keeps going and going forever and ever? Yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're going to be. We're going to be in an eternity. And there's going to be an eternal either damnation for you and I, or there's going to be an eternal salvation where we rule and reign for all eternity with Christ. I was just teaching about this, and I read the scripture. It says we're going to see the face of God. We're going to be ruling and reigning with him on streets of gold. It actually says that. A new heaven and a new earth. That is remarkable. For the best feeling that you might have in this world, you say, well, pastor, I like having sex, and I'm not married, and I don't want to give that up. It's an addiction and I like it. I, I Look, I get it, but here's the thing. Do you think that feeling is good? Let me tell you something. All eternity, a million times better than that feeling. A million times, a billion times. The best feeling that you might have in this world that you think is so great, you like the feeling when you're high. You like the feeling when you're drunk. You like the feeling when you're doing a certain sin or something and you don't want to give it up. Let me just explain. Eternity, forever, that's forever by the way, eternity you're going to feel a million times, billion times better than that or a million times worse than that if you go to hell. And that's the reality of the world. Now, why do I preach with such passion? Because God spared my life. I had, I had a, a guy that stabbed me nine times, one in the heart, and I was left for dead. And this same man, after he realized he was killing me, picked me up and put me in my car and drove me with the girl that he was with to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, I went in the presence of God. This is many, many years ago. And God said, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, I want to live. He says, well, if you live, you've got to be sold out for me. And you've got to tell people that I'm real. That's why I'm so passionate. Listen, it is beyond a shadow of a doubt for me to know that God is real. Now, if you think about this world and you think about the situation in this world and all the pain and the suffering, you think, well, how could a good God allow that? But listen, there's free will. And there's sin in this world. And the wages of sin are death. Sometimes not physical death, but spiritual death. So there's consequences for things that we do. If you say, well, I don't want to give my heart today to the Lord because you know I still am looking forward to maybe in a couple weeks after this party that I want to go to and have all kinds of fun there, you know, partying. But well, you know, you just never know. What if you were in a car on the way there and that would be it for you? God wants us to, to come to him without having a tragedy. You know, if, if you have a tragedy and you come to him, well, that's good. At least you learned, right? But what if you could come to him before a tragedy? What if you just come to him with your free will because you know he's real? And listen, the Bible has never been proved wrong. Not one single part of it, nothing. Nothing in it. I mean, do you know any other book where something didn't get outdated or proven wrong later or it just became, you know, irrelevant at some point? Not the Bible the Bible's living. In fact, it's all coming to life right now. It's literally what what it said was going to happen is literally happening right now. I mean, it just keeps confirming more and more over and over and over again that it's real. So I'm going to ask the question again, how do I get right with God, pastor? How do I do it? Well, I said that, you know, if you confess with your mouth, you, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross and was rose, you know, rose again on the third day, you're saved. If you confess with your sins and and you repent of them, you turn from them. and being right with God is, is a matter of your response. Like I said, to what God has done on your behalf, he sent the son, he provided a sacrifice for you to take away your sins. He offers you the promise. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, You you know, beautiful illustration of repentance and forgiveness is the parable of the prodigal son found in Luke fifteen eleven through 32. The younger son wasted his father's gift in a shameful sin. That's in verse 13. When he acknowledged his wrongdoing, he decided to return home. Verse 18. He assumed that he would no longer be considered a son. Verse 19. But he was wrong. The father loved and returned the rebel as much as ever. In other words, he, he restored him. All was forgiven, and a celebration ensued. And God is so good to keep his promises, including the promise to forgive. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so if you want to get right with God, here's a sample prayer. I'm going to read a sample prayer. We're going to talk about this a little bit more after I'm done. Okay, but you can read something like this. You could say something like this to God. You could say, um, you know, remember, by the way, saying this uh, or any other prayer will not save you. Uh, it's, it's only trusting. You got to trust that Christ can save you from sin. You got to believe it in your heart. Remember what I was saying? You got to believe it. It's just a way. This is a way to express to God your faith in him and to thank him for providing your salvation. So you say something like this, okay? You say, God, I know that I've sinned against you. And I'm deserving of punishment. But Jesus Christ took the punishment that I deserve. And so through faith in him, I can be forgiven. So I place my trust in you for salvation. Thank you for your wonderful grace and forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. I'm gonna serve you all the days of my life. Okay, and something like that. You know, Lord, you, know, you get in your, in your prayer closet. Maybe you don't have a prayer closet because you never pray. Go to your room. Go to your bathroom. Wherever you can get alone. If you gotta drive out somewhere, you know, sit by a park or something, sit by a lake. I don't know, wherever you can go. I used to go up on a mountaintop and pray in my initial years of, of being a Christian. I used to go up, I still do that sometimes. I go by the river, by my house. There's always something, you just gotta get alone with God. And you gotta say, Lord, forgive my sins. I wanna, I wanna turn my life around. Why did I do today's broadcast? Because I know a lot of you are already believers. But the thing is, like, we've gotta take this seriously at this point, okay? Look at the world, Look at the conversations that we're having in the world right now. Look at, look at everything that's going on, wars and rumors of wars, all the division in our society, all the people that are on drugs and alcohol, the broken households, marriages, gender confusion. I mean, you know, on and on and on, just a polarized world where people are arguing and angry. You could see it on the street when you're driving your car. People are angry. They don't want to let you over. You know, people give you the finger. I mean, the world is crazy. But yet we have an ability to find a peace in Jesus. We don't have to be part of this broken world. We can be in it, but not of it. That's what Christ says. We can be citizens of heaven. And I I think there's even some people on here that, that you would think that you're a Christian. You go to church. Once in a while, you crack open the Bible. But you still got areas in your life that you know you need to stop. You need to surrender over. There's people in your life that you probably shouldn't be hanging out with anymore. There's things that you're doing that grieve the Lord and probably open you up to assignments of the enemy because you allow that area of sin in your life repetitively. Yeah, that's right. And so maybe God had you hear this today because maybe this is a defining moment in your life. Have you ever thought that maybe maybe it all happened to get you to where you are right now? You've been waiting on God, you've been Lonely, you you don't understand why these things are happening to you, but then you didn't really quite realize that you had opened a door to sin. And that you have been allowing sin in your life, which is then allowing the enemy to have you know control over certain aspects of your life because they're not given to God. They're not, they you haven't consecrated yourself. And and this has been a repetitive cycle, on and on. Your mom's been praying for you. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Your mom, you know, you, you have people in your life that have been praying for you, but you haven't quite. Given it all over yet. And the Lord is saying, do it today. I mean, it is late in the game right now. It is late. We, we shouldn't be messing around right now. So I gave you a prayer. I'm going to pray for you right now, everybody on here, that we take our walk seriously. We take the Word of God seriously. And we actually learn what biblical Christianity is. And how do we do that? Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the Word of God. We've got to get into the Word of God. We've got to get into Scripture. We've got to study Scripture. We've got to be on fire for the Lord. We've got to have an encounter with the Lord. And this is how we know that we're on our way to heaven because the Lord is our strength. He's with us even until the end of the age. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And he wants to move in your life. He wants to move on your behalf. I really believe that. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just thank you for everybody that's listening to the show today. I pray that everybody on here would be serious about their walk and that they would know today that they are right before you. And if they're not, that they would get their hearts right before you today. Today is the day. Now is the time. So we just thank you. We thank you for what you've done on the cross for us. We love you. We praise you. We give you the glory in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, it's a very basic message, but yet a lot of people haven't made the decision yet. You've got to make the decision wholeheartedly, 110%. I'm all in. I'm all in. This is the reality of the world. I'm going to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. Amen. PastorTodd.org, PastorTodd.org is the website, WCF Radio. We thank you. We'll be back next week.